Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Brothers and sisters, I have something to say this morning. Just briefly, one of the most intelligent uh, biblical scholars of this time happens to uh, be um, one of my fathers in the Lord. He never, um, he never, if, if, if you've heard the name Chuck Missler, he's the one that taught Chuck Missler. And if you have like the spiritual subject unto you in the back where it says, I have self-deliverance, and he's the one that taught me about the Gregory and the Anakim and all these spirits. Uh, he taught me about them, oh boy, 20 years ago. Well, he went home to be with the Lord, and um, he he must have had at least 25 degrees. He was teacher of the year many, many times, and um, received many, many awards. He never, he never, he never... He aspired to serve God and study. Um, he also taught guys like uh, shared information with guys like L.A. Marzuli before they ever, you know, uh, got famous or whatever. They were students of his. And I was a student of him, and he, he ordained me exorcist, as a matter of fact. And um, with his, with 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 my knowledge of his passing, um, he he always there were things that he shared with me um, about my own uh, ministry. And um, so this morning, I uh, I'm kind of whichever way it goes. Uh, I know that he is with God, and I know that uh, that it's settled. It's settled with him. And in saying that, it's settled with me because I feel an even larger um, uh, responsibility now. And... He was also a Vietnam veteran. He was a point man, as a matter of fact. Um, that's how I learned all about point men from being there. But I wasn't, I wasn't, he was a tunnel rat. He went down in them tunnels to see what Viet Cong were in there. And um, he, he was a little younger than me. But he was a lot, lot more astute, um, and he loved teaching. I mean, in the secular world, he was a he was a teacher, and he um, he was a, a a wonderful example for me. That's the that, that's the best backup. He wrote. Um, 
he affiliated a lot with the, the, and getting them saved, like the Rainbow People, and and he wrote um, the he he wrote a translation of the New Testament for them, and they would be out there smoking pot, and he would be uh, ministering the Word of God to them. That's and and he was a missionary. His heart was in missions. Just a man of God that was a man of God that wasn't about exalting himself, but he was about exalting Jesus. So this morning I want to tell him, I'll see you later. Because I intend to make it where you are. And I played this song as a tribute to him. He finished his course. Now I have to finish mine. Everybody just clap it right here.
Lord. Heavenly Father, good morning. Jesus, we give you honor, we give you praise, we give you thanks as our Lord and as our Savior, as our bread of life. Holy Spirit, we surrender to you this morning. We thank you this morning. We greet you this morning with thanksgiving, with uh, joy and appreciation for the goodness of God, for all the abundance and the plenty and the mercy and the grace, the sustenance provision that you, you have provided, God, this morning. We give you praise and glory for who you are. And we want to show you appreciation, Lord, for the good things that you fill our days with. And we want to thank you, God, for the days that you give to us and for the opportunities and for the provision, Lord, in those days and these days today, the provision that you give to us. Father, strengthen and and quicken the inner man of every believer Today, wherever they're at, whether they're listening or not, God, quicken our brothers and sisters in their inner man. Quicken and stir up the word of God and the, and the bread of life inside of each of us, Lord, to, to be victorious in each of our situations, in each of our circumstances, where we're at and where we're at, what time of day, whatever, uh, whatever the measure of, of faith each believer is is operating in God, increase their measure of faith. Increase it, God. Strengthen and equip them and, and just broaden their territories of the inner man, of their spiritual person to to overcome and to take more territory, to recover lost loved ones, Lord, and to to win and have breakthroughs and, and victories over the enemy in this hour, Lord God. Bridge the gap, Heavenly Father. Jesus, you stepped in the gap and you bridged that gap. Father, for all those that are lost, all those that have, have been backslidden, or even those that haven't come to know you, Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would send out a multitude of your angels and that you would send out a multitude of your equipped believers to also reach those souls, to reach those, those masses that are waiting to hear, waiting to be reminded of the word that was in them and that they may have lost or forgotten or slid back or fell into a trap or into a prison of the lies of the enemy. Rescue and, and deliver Jesus right now in this hour, right now in this hour, right now in Jesus' name. Headline, good morning. God bless you. Uh, He is blessing me. I'm very grateful. I'm very thankful. And, uh, you know, I I don't know each of our circumstances, but I I can imagine and I can see that many of us are, you know, living in this new condition, a temporary condition, but living under the new sort of standard of of life where for a moment we're obeying and we're sitting and we're we're staying stationary we're remaining in our home and trying not to go out and we're we're trying to make adjustments here and there and 
it's kind of like a new thing for a lot of us, and for some of us it may not be that out of the ordinary, but we find ourselves in a situation that's it's not the first time it's happened in the past, but for us it's new and it's an adjustment. It's a challenge. It's a test. But the Lord is here. The Lord is. God is. God is. And many times people don't uh, really know what they have until they lose it. You know that, that saying, you know, sometimes people don't know what they have until it's gone. And I believe that the greatest mistake a person could make is to never know the goodness of God and pass up opportunities when those opportunities are God-given to us. And God visits us and we miss that and we don't appreciate In Numbers 11 and 12, I want to bring your attention to something that, you know, struck me. Because we sit in our houses and, you know, many of us might be in the situation where we're, we find ourselves eating the same thing every day. You know, we're, we don't have that as many options to go out and be, uh, you know, diverse in our shopping now. We, we have to, like, kind of get down to the basics and we're hunkered in and we're just waiting things out or, Whatever, and you you know you you might be eating bologna sandwiches every day. I don't know. You might be eating uh, something plain. It's something common every day. Eating the same thing. You might be eating Cheerios for breakfast and lunch and dinner, just to you know be cost effective or for whatever reason. But you know we can see that you know people will start getting stir crazy, and we hear about it in the news that they're bored and they're waiting or anxious, ready to get out and go back to normal life. But they're kind of like in a camping mode. They're kind of like in a like a a formation, a pattern that's almost like prison. Like you're sitting in the same place looking at the same walls day in and day out. And it's easy to complain when you're in that situation. It's easy to to be, uh, I don't know, a little unappreciative. And in Numbers 11 and 12, <clears throat> I'm reading from the King James, and I'm also going to read it from the Amplified, but... The children of Israel, God delivered them. You know, God did so much for them. They were in bondage and slavery for, you know, generations, for many years. You know, 400 years is a long time to be uh, found into a fixed pattern, a social pattern, an economic pattern, a, uh, a situation that had them in a rut. They, they were in a rut, and it took deliverance to get them out of that lifestyle, out of that mindset of slavery. And when they come out of that slavery, when God broke them free from the chains of bondage in Egypt, he broke them free, and he brought them into a wilderness. He didn't bring them to Target to go shopping. He didn't bring them to, you know, a kingly banquet hall. He brought them to a wilderness. But at some point, he was ready to bring them from rags to riches. He was ready to bring them and deliver them not just from Egypt, but to the promised land. But in Numbers 11, it says, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses. And when Moses 
prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched, and he called the name of the place Taborah, because of the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. I want you to see that. Let, let that. let that line right there rest on you for just a minute. They're saying, but now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. And the manna was a coriander seed. It was as coriander seed. And the color thereof as the color of the delium. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in a martyr, mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. <clears throat> and when the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell upon it. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them? That thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom as a nursing father beareth the suckling child, unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? When should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh, that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand. If I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people, and officers over them. And bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. And I will come down and talk with thee there. And I will take of the spirit which is upon thee, and will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. And say thou unto the people, Sanctify yourselves against two tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt, therefore the Lord will give you flesh, and ye shall eat. You shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days, but even a whole month, until it come out at your nostrils, and it will, it will be loathsome unto you, because that ye have this, despised the Lord, which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt? And Moses said, The people amongst whom I am are 600,000 footmen, and thou hast said, I will give them flesh, that they may eat a whole month. 
Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and gathered the seventy men of the elders of the people, and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud, and spoke unto him, and took of the spirit that was upon him, and gave it unto the seventy elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other, Medad. And the spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were, were written, but went not unto the tabernacle. And they prophesied in the camp. And there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men, answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. And Moses said unto him, Envious thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And Moses got him into the camp, he and the elders of Israel. And there went forth a wind from the Lord, and brought quails from the sea, and let them fall by the camp. As it were a day's journey on this side, and as it were a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and as it were two cubits high, Upon the face of the earth And the people stood up all that day And all that night And all the next day And they gathered the quails He that gathered least gathered ten homers And they spread them all abroad For themselves round about the camp <clears throat> And while the flesh was yet between their teeth Ere it was chewed The wrath of the Lord was kindled Against the people and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. And he called the name of that place Kibroth Hattavah, because they were buried, there were buried the people that lusted. And the people journeyed from Kibroth Hattavah unto Hazaroth, and abode at Hazaroth. Chapter 12. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married for he had married an Ethiopian woman and they said hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses hath he not spoken also by us and the Lord heard it now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth and the Lord spoke suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron, and unto Miriam. Come out, ye three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud, and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. And he said, Hear my, now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. 
and the multitude of the Lord shall be he behold. Wherefore, when were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not until Miriam was brought in again. And afterward the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. Now, in these two chapters, I see three, three times where the Lord's wrath was kindled and the fire of the Lord came out. And I looked up those two words, and the, the fire of the Lord literally is the fire. It's fire. And the wrath of the Lord, that word gives you that picture of, you know, when somebody's so angry and they snort and, and like smoke comes out of their nose like a dragon, it's that fury, that rage. That anger. What could anger God so? And these people, I know it's been it's been uh, retold over and over and over how many times that you know they saw so many miracles. They witnessed the hand of God in in unprecedented ways, never seen before, in powerful ways that God humbled the, the mightiest nation of the world, Egypt. The mightiest, strongest nation of, of that time was Egypt. He humbled that, that nation. And the entire, the entire countryside, the whole regions knew what God had done for the, for the people of Israel, but still they were ungrateful. And when Miriam said, had God spoken through Moses? It's almost akin to what Satan said to Eve. Has God said? In the wilderness, strange things happen. People, people are stripped, stripped of the luxuries and the conveniences that they are used to, and strange things start to happen. Spirits start to manifest. Irritated people start to... The true colors start to shine, as, as you say. And there's something about that spirit that followed them out of Egypt. There's something about that spirit. It wasn't just doubt. There was something about that unappreciation, that un ungratefulness. It's almost as if they worshipped not just the slavery they came from, but they were almost worshipping the terrible conditions around them by focusing on them. And when they focused on those terrible conditions, I want you to, to see what, 
what God shows you about what where their focus should have been, where their focus should have been. I'm going to read this again, 11 and 12 in the Amplified. It says, now the people became like those who complain and whine about their hardships. And the Lord heard it. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burned among them and devoured those in the outlying parts of the camp. So the people cried out to Moses. And when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire died out. He named that place Taborah, the place of burning, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. The rabble among them who followed Israel from Egypt had greedy desires, far familiar and delicious food, for familiar and delicious food. And the Israelites wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish we ate freely and without cost in Egypt. The cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There is nothing at all in the way of food to be seen but this manna. The manna was like coriander seed, and it looked like bedellium. The people went about and gathered it, and ground it in mills, or beat it in mortars, and boiled it in pots, and made cakes with it. And it tasted like cakes baked with fresh olive oil. When the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna fell with it. Then Moses heard the people weeping in self-pity throughout their families, every man at the doorway of his tent, and the anger of the Lord blazed hotly, and Moses regarded their behavior as evil. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you been so hard on your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have placed the burden of all these people on me? Was it I who conceived all these people? Was it I who brought them forth? That you should say to me, carry them in your arms as a nurse carries the nursing infant to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat so that we may eat. I'm not able to carry all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. So if this is the way you're going to deal with me, please kill me at once if I have found favor in your sight. And do not let me see my wretchedness. Accordingly, the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me seventy men from among the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and their officers. Bring them to the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, and let them stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take away some of the spirit who is upon you and will put him upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, so that you will not have to bear it all alone. Say to the people, Consecrate, separate as holy yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in self-pity in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For we were well off in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall eat not, you shall eat not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and is disgusting to you, because you have rejected and despised the Lord who is among you and have wept in self-pity before him, saying, Why did we come out of Egypt? But Moses said, The people among whom I am are 600,000 fighting men on foot, besides all the women and children. Yet you have said, I will give them meat so that they may eat it for a whole month. Should flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to be sufficient for them, or 
Should all the fish of the sea be collected for them to be sufficient for them? The Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord's hand, ability, power, limited, short, inadequate? You shall see now whether my Lord will come to pass for you or not. My, you shall see now whether my word will come to pass for you or not. So Moses went out and spoke to the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 men from among the elders of the people and stationed them around the tent, tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him, and he took some of the spirit who was upon Moses and put him upon the 70 elders. When the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, praising God and declaring his will, but they did not do it again. But two men had remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad. The spirit rested upon them. Now they were among those who had been registered but had not gone out to the tent, and they prophesied in the camp. So a young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying, extolling the praises of God and declaring his will. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the attendant of Moses, from his youth, said, My Lord Moses, stop him. Stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Then Moses went back into the camp, he and the elders of Israel. Now there went forth a wind from the Lord, and it brought quails from the sea, and let them fall. So they flew low beside the camp about a day's journey, on this side and on the other side, all around the camp, about two cubits, three feet deep, on the surface of the ground. The people spent all that day, and all night, and all the next day, and caught and gathered the quail. The one who gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves around the camp, to cure them by drying. While the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck them with a very severe plague. So that place was named Kibroth Hatavah, the graves of greediness, because there they buried the people who had been greedy for more than the manna that God provided them. From Kibroth Hatavah, the people set out for Hazaroth, and they remained at Hazaroth. Now Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, Has the Lord really spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken also through us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, gentle, kind, devoid of self-righteousness, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meeting, the tabernacle. And the three of them came out. The Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they came forward. And he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision, and I will speak to him in a dream. But it is not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted and faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth, directly, clearly, and openly, and not in riddles, 
and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Miriam and Aaron, and he departed. But when the cloud had departed from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron turned and looked at Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Then Aaron said to Moses, O oh, my Lord, I plead with you, do not account this sin to us, in which we have acted foolishly, and in which we have sinned. Oh, do not let her be like one dead, already half decomposed when he comes from his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, Heal her, please, O God, I plead with you. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? Let her be shut up outside the camp for seven days, and afterward she may return. So Miriam was shut up outside the camp for seven days. And the people did not move on until Miriam was brought in again and declared ceremonially clean from her leprosy. Afterward, the people moved on from Hezeroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. <coughs> I, I was brought back, when I was putting this, putting this together, I, I was brought back to... God's conversation with Moses after he had witnessed the burning bush and he was pulled aside. You know, it, God spoke to Moses face to face and God pointed that out. There was, there's an honor there. There's a place of power when God pulls you aside and speaks to you face to face. But there's a holiness, a reverence, in Exodus 3, where, where God pulled Moses aside after seeing the burning bush, in verse 14, it says, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. <clears throat> now, it was already said in Scripture, The name of the Lord is this, the name of the Lord is that. And as the men of God would come with before their altars and Bring sacrifices, and as God brought through the, some of the patriarchs through through victories and through their trials, and and they would get breakthroughs. They would they would come to a place of worship, and they would they would make a sacrifice, and and they would make it build an altar before God, and they would call it Jehovah uh, Shalom or Jehovah Nissi, and they would come and they would discover God as provider. You know, they would go through breakthroughs and they would discover God as the, our peace. They would come and they would discover God as, you know, whatever it was that they were dealing with and they needed. God came through for them and they gave him worship from an altar, a praise, an offering that they lifted up. And they called God Jehovah, my peace, or Jehovah, my provider. And all through the Bible, the people of God going through what they're going through and, you know, swinging back and forth from believing and unbelieving and blessing and, and, and uh, affliction at the hands of the enemies that they worship, they, they would get to know God more and more and more. And, you know, when Moses left Pharaoh's house and was brought out, he left a murderer. 
from the time that he was born, a spirit of murder was put on him when, when, when he and, and, and all the other baby boys around his age were, were – they were you know, the Pharaoh tried to kill them all. So there was a spirit of murder on, on Moses from, from a baby. And then when he rose up and slew that Egyptian soldier in defense of, the, of his, his slave uh, kindred, that spirit of murder was on him. And he left out of, out of Egypt, and God led him into the wilderness and into a completely new newness of life. And Moses... See, Moses really didn't know God the way the Israelites knew. He grew up in the Pharaoh's house. He might have thought he, you know, knew a little bit, but he knew better. He knew he didn't know God the way the Israelites knew him. And this is just my opinion, but Moses knew that he didn't know God as well as the Israelites. He knew that there was so much that he, you know, missed by growing up in in the atmosphere of, of the pomp and the royalty of of the Egyptian household where they worship deities. He knew God. He knew the God of Israel, but he didn't, he didn't know him as, as much as his brothers did. But God took him apart into the wilderness for 40 years, and he worked on Moses, and he began to, Moses no doubt began to get to know God more. And I believe that he felt like an outsider when God asked him this question, or not asked him, but commanded him to go back into, into Egypt and tell that Pharaoh, set my people free. I believe Moses wanted to know the name of God because it was kind of like Moses didn't have what the others in Israel had, that, that closeness of being in front of the 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 altar on a regular basis and worshiping the God of Jacob and Isaac and Abraham. And so when God, I believe, you know, when God tells Moses to go back and tell them, tell, tell Pharaoh to set my people free. He's Moses says, I, I need to know who you are. Give me who you, what's your name? So they'll believe me. Maybe Moses thought that that would give him a pass with the people that they would they would just automatically okay you're 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 in you're in with us now because you see they rejected him he tried to he tried to defend one of them by by murdering the the Egyptian slave master, but they rejected him, and he was maybe he thought they would reject him again unless he somehow had what they had the name of God see the people they revered God they revered his name. But see, they thought they knew God. And when God said, tell them I am that I am, it was kind of like the people think they know me. They think they know me. But really, you tell them I am everything that they need, everything that they ever needed, everything that they will ever need. You tell them I am that I am. I'm, I am sent, have sent you. You tell them that. They, they think they know God. Moses knew he didn't know God the way he needed to. But through the deliverance, God was going to show them that whether you think you know God, whether you know you don't know God enough, 
when you come through this deliverance, you're going to know God better. You're going to get to know God because there is so much about God that we have yet to discover, especially if we've been slaves for years. God has more of himself to show you. He has more yet to come. There's, it only gets better. And after, after they come out and Moses, you know, obeys God and all those plagues and those signs and those wonders were dropped on, on Pharaoh and upon the land of Egypt, they get delivered. They're out there in the wilderness and that's on their, I mean, it's, it's not even a year. It may be months in their memory. All this unmerited favor that God gave to the people, the slave people, to bring them out from the mighty clutches of this powerful nation. It's fresh on their memory, and they're out there in the wilderness, and God gives them manna. Now think about this. They're talking about all we have to see before us is this manna. We had... We had, we had all the things in, in Egypt. We had all the, the best foods, and we didn't have to pay for it. And all we have to look at every day is this manna. That's what they were saying. There's nothing at all to look at but this manna. They didn't see what was right before them. They didn't appreciate what was right before them. Because in their slave mindset, in their old way of thinking, they, they were isolated, they were set apart, they were made holy. They were told to come away, break away, come out into the wilderness with God. And they were given manna, and their mind was fixed on the banquets and the buffets that they had were given freely in slavery in Egypt. There's nothing at all but this manna. To look at Luke 11 1 through 4 and Matthew 6 9 through 13 tells us about this this manna our father who is in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the glory, the power forever and ever. That manna was more than what they saw with their carnal eyes that was more than what their their vision as slaves would would allow them to see. See, they didn't deserve that. They did not deserve the manna, but they thought they deserved better. In truth, they really didn't deserve the manna. And when we partake of the Lord's Supper and we break bread and we take of the wine, we're taking part of a of an honor, really, truly a grace and a, a merciful God has given to us unmerited favor to sit at the table 
with our Creator and banquet on salvation. We don't deserve it. But do we realize, not that we don't deserve it, but do we realize what this manna is in our wilderness experience in the world? Are we focusing on, oh, man, I just, I miss what I could do and could have and could enjoy before this? Are we really from our inner man seeing the little things that God's putting before us? Are we underestimating the value and the meaning of this little thing called manna? Like I said, they they thought they they thought they knew their God. But they didn't even know what this manna was. They called it what's what is this? That's what manna means. What is this? They didn't even know what the manna was. How could they know their God? But Moses knew there was something. If he could just get the name of God and bring it back to Egypt, he would get an easy pass through. But God was, no, not that easy. I'm going to show you. I'm not going to just tell you. I'm going to show you who I am. Not only am I going to show you, Moses, I'm going to show all of Israel, all of your brothers and sisters, your kindred, your fellow Israelites are going to know after this is done who I am. And on top of that, the devil, Egypt, the world are all going to get to know, get to see who I am. Jesus taught his, his disciples that prayer. They asked him, who, teach us to pray. Jesus is that manna. In John 6, in the King James, I read, after these things, Jesus went out over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great, multi, multi, great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? You see any parallels with the situation with Moses and God? People followed God out into the wilderness. They followed him. And then he had to feed them. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. And the disciples to them that were sat down. 
and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when even was now come, his disciples went down into the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. And when they had rowed about five and twenty and thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. And when they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went, the day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one whereunto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread. After that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when comest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I come came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, 
but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. 
and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Years ago, when uh, my daughter was about five or six, we were traveling in in my car, and we were going somewhere, and she was in the back seat. And out of nowhere, she says, Daddy, is life fair? And my, my answer was just honest and instant. I said, no, it's, it's not fair. But I began to explain to her the blessing in things not always being fair. Because if things were fair... You know, judgment would have been brought down instantly. Uh, if, if life was fair, I wouldn't have survived some of the rebellion of my, my teenage years. I, you know, just the grace of God kept me. And I'm grateful for all those times when the unmerited favor of God protected me. I speak for myself. And I know that God was with me in times and, and covered me and kept me. But it's because God is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we find our way out of the wilderness. And when the manna is dropped before a people who choose to see what they want to see, they choose to see by the flesh, and they're not discerning with the gift of discerning of spirits, and they're not seen from the inner man, the manna and the meaning in front of them. There is such a disgrace and offense to God. When we break bread and when we take part of the smallest, even the tiniest blessings of God, we should be thankful and be grateful, not just with our words, but how we treat the scraps. Even the scraps are precious. Jesus showed that. Even 12 baskets of of leftovers was collected. It wasn't thrown away. It was collected up. All we people are gone astray like sheep. We're clueless. We're clueless of, of, of what's over the next hills. We follow our shepherd. We don't know. We really, we, you know, we, we have, Promises and prophecies in the word of God. And we have individual word of mouth prophecies that rain a word, but we really don't know what's over every hill. And we follow and we trust our shepherd and we depend on him. But we're clueless. We just, we trust in God. We don't have to know the details. We just, it doesn't have to be explained to us. We just know that he provides us Every day, he provides for us, and we don't worry about it. Every meal comes from God. Every, every day comes from God. It's a blessing. Every morning is a blessing. He will lead us. He will provide for us because he is the I am. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Brothers and sisters, the title of this message, Grateful for the Manna. Grateful for the Word of God. I pray that you're blessed wherever you're at, whatever your situation. God has called you out of Egypt for the purpose of calling you into his goodness. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you in favor, keep you in the strength of his word in the name of Jesus. We will see you tomorrow morning in the name of Jesus.
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.